Welcome back, Literary Slummers, to another episode of Shelf Aware, the podcast where we read books outside of our comfort zones. I'm Em. And I'm Anna. This week on Shelf Aware, we are wrapping up our books based in TTRPG settings Mm. with a book taking place in the Deadlands universe. Uh, (laughs) This book was called Deadlands Boneyard. By Seanan McGuire. <laughs> Welcome to the bone yard. Welcome to the bone zone. <laughs> the bone zone. <laughs> we got all your bones here in the bone yard. Surprisingly few bones in the bone yard. Have yeah, to say. all the bones seem to be outside of the bone yard. Almost no bones in the bone yard except for those encased in human flesh, mm-hmm. which is fine. A fine place for bones to be. It was the secret bone yard. Uh, before we get into the book too much do Uh we want to talk a little bit about uh the setting of this one because these are all books that are in ttrpg spaces we talked about you know we've played DD, we haven't played vampire the masquerade um what's the deal with deadlands what's the deal with deadlands (laughs) uh so deadlands was first a game uh-huh. In, uh, okay. <laughs> in 1996, okay? Uh-huh. And then they took that system and, like, this, it's such a weird... Okay, so someone came up with Deadlands, right? And yes. now, like, this is an entirely new system that we have. Mm-hmm. Great, we love it. A bunch of people tried to put them into, like, other rules. Like, they tried to make a D20 version of Deadlands and, like, a GURPS version of Deadlands. Mm-hmm. The people who made Deadlands made, like, a little spinoff from one of their things which was like a a easier version of deadlands like a a a simplified version Mm -hmm. which became savage worlds which then got readapted back into deadlands i thought savage worlds came first and no savage worlds was a spin-off of the original deadlands and then deadlands reloaded which is what we play is a spin-off of savage worlds and uses and boneyard yes (laughs) um so that's super cool this book was written i think in 2018 Mm -hmm. fairly which i'm mainly bringing up because uh, a very controversial thing about deadlands in the past has been um their treatment of the confederacy yeah yeah this is a wild west system yes uh, a weird west i guess i should say and it does at least everything prior to a certain deadlands era takes place in an alternate universe in which the confederacy did win oh no no but they did mm-hmm. also free all their slaves okay <laughs> so weird but a lot of people were like we don't like that it's uncomfortable and eventually it is uncomfortable yeah eventually uh Shane Lacey Hensley was like okay so we're going to not do this anymore and they revamped all of the like lore and stuff Mm -hmm. um that was in 2019 okay (laughs) so yeah if this was published in 2018 definitely came out i'm pretty sure it was written before yeah Yeah. of deadlands that did technically take place in um a a world in which the confederacy is just a separate a separate uh, uh government separate governmental body that exists no slaves which is cool, I guess, but mm. wild stuff. Wild yeah, stuff. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that really does. Like, it screams of like, no, it was about states rights, uh-huh, you know. Uh-huh, and that's, yeah, that's not. Just stop it's it. not. Stop it wasn't. It. it was the states' rights to to do what? What did they want people. so bad? Yep, that's right. They wanted to be assholes. Uh, so that that's 
you know, an interesting little thing to kind of consider when reading this book. Um, what did you think of this book? What was your um, opinion? Okay, so I don't know. Like, you guys just, like, real quick Google the cover of this book and just look at it. Take it all yes. in. Give, I'll give you a second here. I um, did not expect this to be a horror novel for some reason. <laughs> I mean, I was surprisingly scared. It is a horror Western TTRPG, so. I know, but our campaign, uh, you know, it has scary moments, but I think because we're in the campaign is overall very lighthearted. I would also like to, to say here that our campaign also distinctly does not take place in any version of the U.S. Yeah. It's a completely different world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no Confederacy for us. Bless. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, it definitely is a little spooky ookier than mm-hmm. our campaign at home. I liked you're it. Not a, you're not a horror person in general, but you liked it? I did. I did like this. I think um, I just like Sean and McGuire, I think, mm. is the thing I'm discovering. This is like the second book I've read by them. And I think, yeah, I think I like it. <laughs> what did you think? Uh, I also fall in that camp of I think I like it. I have a couple um, complaints about uh, certain things in the story, which we'll get into mm-hmm, later. Mm-hmm. Um, but when do I not? You know, that's yeah, typical. That's I'm par just a for the course for us. nitpicky bitch. So like, whatever. <laughs> we'll talk shit about our favorite stuff. <laughs> no, um, it's a real problem. <laughs> Why can't we ever? We just can enjoy never something? be satisfied. <laughs> Uh, I did like it overall. I think, you know, it's a good horror book. It was a good Western book. It was a good weird Western book. Yeah. Um, I think it did, from what I've looked into in terms of, like, the Deadlands mythos that, like, the the plot of Deadlands, I guess, especially pre-2019, I could see, like, where it tied into that, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that I kind of, not that I didn't like about it, but I think is weird now that we've read three of these, is how little all of these books do a party right like yeah none of uh uh, toreador had like main characters but they were not working together the drist book i know eventually he does have a party but the one we read was just him on his own it was an edgelord's backstory certainly Mm -hmm. and this one definitely like there was a main character right like yes this yeah. would be someone's arc if we were translating it to a TTRPG space. But even like more than that, I was I literally at one point was like, okay, if this was a RP like a a, a let's play or, or not a let's play a, a streamed game that I was watching, mm-hmm. right? This plot, mm-hmm. I was trying to think who would be the PCs and who would be the NPCs. Yes, and like I don't think Martin maybe Martin would be maybe. a second one, but then aside from that, like. How maybe? How maybe? Maybe um, the head of the circus, but Nathaniel, he's off screen yeah. for most of it, so you'd have yeah. to really do some, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's it's mainly just the one character, you know. So mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that these are books that where the whole point of TTRPGs is like telling a story with your friends, and they yes. kind of cut out the friends aspect of it. Yeah, I you know these are kind of like to me like fan fiction light, right? Mm. It's like you're playing with someone else's property and just inserting your own ideas into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, I mean, I don't have any problem with that. I love fan fiction. We all know that. Of course. Um, but yeah, it's just, I, I think it's interesting that we've come up with this this way to like, I don't know, like 
digest fan fiction without calling it that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've talked before, you know, there's sanctioned fan fiction, which is mm. any <laughs> control the, F all the names and replace Right. Them. <laughs> well, I would say that's more scrubbed fan fiction. I'm talking about like um the stuff we've covered in the past, like movie adaptations, right? Yeah. Like it's okay. basically a fanfic of mm-hmm. the movie, right? You know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's interesting how many different like things that could be considered fan fiction are not because not the IP is properly, you know, mm-hmm. bought and paid and sold, you know? like Every Pride and Prejudice retelling you've ever read is just fan fiction. Of course, of course. All the Gatsby books about to come out, that's just all fan fiction. All those Beauty and the Beast retellings. All those Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> what? Retell- I don't know. You just entered the public domain as we know. Oh. You and I have discussed this oh, at I length. See. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Surely someone. Well, we, the horror movie. There's like a Winnie the Pooh horror movie coming out, apparently. Oh, man. I haven't seen that or mm-hmm. the like promo for that. I've only oh. seen an, an an Instagram post about it. Interesting. So, I don't know. Um, content warnings for this book. Just up at the top. It's a horror book. Just going to mention these things. If they, if they are triggers for you, please don't feel ashamed in skipping this episode. We've got cannibalism. We've got gore, all kinds of discussion about dead, mutilated bodies. We've got some pregnancy stuff in here, uh, both uh, uh, trying to become pregnant and then uh, scientific intervention in a uh, not typical way. Uh, This is a weird Western, so we get some mad scientist stuff going on there. Um, And then we, you know, your typical like uh, circus sort of vibes. just a lot of talk about like I don't know there's like scary man-eating animals and stuff like that and mm. so you know if, th- if that's not your jam that's all right just want to let you know <laughs> all right <laughs> uh, oh um I guess before we get into the book though oh yeah we have other segments we have other segments um uh, who would we recommend this for People who Two. don't have problems with the before mentioned content yes. warnings. Um, no, I thought this was good. If you if you're looking for a like horror fantasy uh, situation, like if you liked that game Until Dawn, mm. uh, this is this is a good book for you. It's basically the same thing. It's 100 percent a thing I will be talking about later in this episode. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> um, yeah, if, if you, it's it's just a really it's a really fun little romp of a horror novel. So mm. if that's your jam, go for it. Also, if you like Deadlands, I also think feel this like would be a book to maybe check out to get the vibes right. Mm-hmm. Unless you're our GM, in which case we don't have to. We don't have to do this <laughs> in our campaign. <laughs> I want I want more of this, please. No. <laughs> we would not survive. Uh, just knowing, I would. knowing how we play our characters. We. <laughs> I would. I'm very tough. <laughs> You've seen the way you roll. It's not impressive. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> um, <laughs> what else have you been reading the past uh, week or two? I, you know, it's still Pride Month. Um, so yeah, I was Pride. looking for those Pride reads. Uh, so I read this book called uh, Let's Talk About Love by Claire Kahn. Um, and it is about a college student who is dealing with all of the drama that comes with being a young woman trying to figure out what you want in life. Um, Mm. And also uh, has recently been dumped by her girlfriend because Mm -hmm. uh, she is asexual and is starting to develop a crush on a new 
dude and is trying to figure out how to uh, like deal with having romantic feelings for someone while also uh, being asexual and not really secure in your asexuality, right? So mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. really liked it. I thought it was really cute. Definitely a lot of like introspection from the narrator in terms of, you know, it's a college age person who's like mm. trying to figure stuff out. Um, there's a little bit of like friend drama and all of that. Um, I thought, oh, you know, overall, good book, cute book for Pride. You know, maybe check it out if you're looking for uh, that ace rep to check off your Pride checklist. Nice. Because remember, A stands for asexual, not ally. Not ally. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? Um, I um, was actually not reading anything until today. And then I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I need to read something <laughs> to recommend. Um, so I thought I was like, I'm just going to like dip into a couple of books I've had on my TBR for a while and see if one of these sticks. So I did read the first couple chapters of The Space Between Worlds by... Oh, yay! Uh, Mac- is it Micaiah? Micaiah Johnson? Micaiah. Micaiah Johnson, which is um, a book you recommended on the podcast. I really mm-hmm. liked it. Like, it's very gripping from the very first few pages. Um, so I'm very excited to continue on with that. Um, but then I picked up Master of One by Jada Jones and Danny Bennett, who are a married couple, uh, which I'm like, wow, props to you guys for writing a book together couldn't be me um (laughs) and it is a book about it's a ya fantasy about a uh, character named rags who is a thief and he gets caught by the the queen and is forced to go steal something uh in her name but what he doesn't realize he's stealing until he does is it's it's a fey prince and uh i think they fall in love is i mean i would assume that seems like a set up for that <laughs> so i i got about like 10 percent into that one because then i just got because i'm like books about thieves that's kind of my jam so uh i did not go back to space between worlds unfortunately but i really do want to uh, <laughs> master of one is also very good from from the get-go i'm really enjoying it i just i've discussed this i don't know if i discussed on the podcast but definitely with friends are just like i can't read any like super sad or serious stuff right now so i was mm-hmm. like better go back to ya for a little while so I know that's going to have a happy ending regardless. So, um, yeah, and it's a standalone. So there oh, you go. Two standalones that. for you to check out. Love a good standalone. Me too. Me too. A lot less pressure. Technically, this book was not a standalone. It was the third no. in the series. But I think that also they can be read by themselves. Yeah, so they're it's like one shots. <laughs> yeah. So Awesome. I guess we can talk about Boneyard. Are you ready to descend into the boneyard? <laughs> I think boneyard. It's a it's a traveling circus term in this book. I don't know if it is in actual traveling circus. I would realm. believe it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess which describes the like the roundup of the wagons that are more like domestic and lived in, as opposed to the wagons that are. If I have show. to guess why mm-hmm. they call it that. It's because it's where you lay Sorry, your why bones. they call it what? Boneyard. The what? Boneyard. Thank y'all. <laughs> it's because it's where you lay your bones, bones. when you go to bed. Oh, but I like that. It could also be because it's like the bones of the circus, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. That I'm not going to look it up. I that looked up sense. a bunch of other stuff about Deadlands, and I didn't look up Boneyard. So Sorry. We just like saying Boneyard. Boneyard. <laughs> I do have a game to play later in this episode also. Ooh, excellent. Yeah. Cannot wait. Love when you bring a game to the podcast. Always fun. Always fun. Okay, so we're going to dive in. Let's do it. 
Let's do it. Our main Dive character. Dive into the boneyard. Our main character is Annie Pearl. She has ran away from her husband and has joined the circus. Uh, she did this like, uh, I'd say like seven years ago. Yeah, I think um, based on the age of her child mm-hmm, who she yes. ran away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, um, it's left very vague. I'll talk more about the reasons why a little bit later on in the summary, but it's left very vague at the beginning on purpose. Um, she has a daughter, Adeline, who cannot speak um, and is actually, it seems like un- kind of unusually quiet in a lot of ways. Like she makes no noise when she walks or like she's always sneaking up on people and she got no bones in her feet she's got no bones in her feet and and has no vocal cords whatsoever uh thanks dad thanks 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 uh oh my god i can't remember his name dr murphy um she uses sign language to communicate isn't his name dr michael murphy yes yeah so dr michael dr michael just you know cautionary tale here for some i know they're all terrible (laughs) um she also adeline needs a uh, a lot of medicine to keep her alive again for reasons that will be explained later but the the thing about this medicine is very rare and expensive and made with very strange ingredients and it like knocks the girl out as soon as she takes it it has the magic rock for deadlands in it this is like a, a staple of the deadlands mythos is there's this like magic type of rock that helps them do cyber or steampunky type things yes and i don't remember what it's called it's like silver something uh something or is that it oh uh mercury and ghost rock and silver ghost, ghost rock, rock that's what it is yeah yeah we danced ghost around rock. It. a mineral that burns hotter and longer than coal and is used as the basis for most deadlands technology so it's magic magic rock magic science medicine magic science rock yes um annie's job in the circus has become she is like the mistress of the oddities cart wagon thing which basically that's where they keep all like the very dangerous animals they've come across in their travels um like they have piranhas in there and they have man-eating tarantulas and rattlesnakes and which brings us to our game oh very quickly. Okay. Uh, called, which of these are actual things from Deadlands, the game, and which are not? Okay. So I've got three questions here, because in my research of Deadlands, the game, I found a list of all of the villains and things you can fight in Deadlands, the game, in all of its various uh, expansions. Okay. Um, okay. And some of them are very funny. I will uh, give you an option of five things, and you need to tell me which of them is not a real monster that you can fight in deadlands the game okay okay so the first set is all things that were in this book which is why it's coming up now okay 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 a windigo b cornstalker c tarantula spelled like terror like it's spelled in this book oh how fun okay um d nibblers or e wolfling which of those is not a real creature in deadlands the game Mm. I oh I'm gonna say surely it's not Wendigo because that's the whole thing about this book but mm. maybe that's the curve maybe the curveball I mean um, I'm gonna say 
It is the Wendigos. Incorrect. There are both Wendigos and flying Wendigos. No! That's the things you can find <laughs> no, in Deadlands the game. No, please, no. Terrible. The correct answer is Cornstalker. Really? I thought is, for sure that would be. It is a creature in it. It seems to be the Scarecrow, the creature the Scarecrow, or okay. possibly... Um, there's another name, but there is no creature named Cornstalker. Huh. All of the other names that she uses for creatures are the names that are listed in Deadlands the game. Dang. Question two. Which of these is not a creature that you can fight in Deadlands the game? Okay. A. Succubus. Okay. B. Jellyman. C. Mothman. Oh. D. Mummy. Or E. Were-shark. Mm, now I kind of want to rule mummy out, but I don't know if I should. <laughs> um, you said where shark? Where shark? That's that has to be. You wouldn't just throw that in there as the guess. That has to be, in 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 the game. So you're saying that one is in the that game. that one is in Deadlands? Yeah, okay. that's not my final answer. Okay. Um, sorry. What were the first three? Succubus. Okay. Jellyman. <laughs> Jellyman. Mummy. Mothman. Mothman. Were-shark. Golly. I don't know, man. I'm going to say... I'm going to get it wrong again. I'm going to say Jellymen. Incorrect. Jellymen are a real creature you can fight in Deadlands the game. No! Uh, Were-shark, also a real creature, featured in Rascals, Varmints, and Critters 2, the Book of Curses. Amazing. Mummies. There are two varieties of mummies you can fight, both Egyptian and, I believe, Incan. Okay. Succubus, you can fight in Deadlands the game, and they have the interesting ability to melt you. I don't know why. The one that isn't in Deadlands the game is, of course, Mothman, a cryptid in the U.S. that was long after the Wild West. Oh, that makes sense. All right. Last one. Okay. Which of these is not a real person you can fight in Deadlands the game? I have to get one right. I have to get this one right. A, Davy Crockett. Stop. Stop. Blackbeard's Ghost. Stop. C, The Headless Horseman. D, Pecos Bill. Or E, John Wilkes Booth. Okay. I really, oh, this is hard. I can see a need to fight all of these people. Mm. Blackbeard's ghost kind of sticks out as being not of of the area. Sure, sure. But that's the exact kind of thing you'd throw at me to make me get the wrong answer. <laughs> Davy Crockett, Pecos Bill, John Wilkes Booth, Blackbeard's ghost, and then what's the one I'm missing? Headless Horseman, Pecos Head- Bill, and John Wilkes Booth. I mean, okay, considering we had, like, a pumpkin head on the cover of this book, but there was no pumpkin head in the book. Mm-hmm. Well, there was. It was the corn stalker. Oh, that's the corn stalker? Yeah. Okay. He's got a little pumpkin head. Well, then I'll say, I'll, I'll, I'll say headless horseman. That feels, no. Okay, hold on. I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't have started shaking my head. I'll say. <laughs> Oh, shit. I don't... Is Blackbeard's Ghost the obvious trap card here that you've pulled? <laughs> I'll go I'll go with Blackbeard's Ghost. Both Blackbeard's Ghost and John Wilkes Booth are featured in the Deadlands supplemental Deadlands Back East, the South. Oh. Uh, the correct answer is Davy Crockett, of course. <laughs> But he could have, like, horrific apple tree monsters. 
That's not Davy Crockett. Oh, That's it's Johnny not. Appleseed. Oh, that makes more sense than what I was thinking. <laughs> Who the hell is Davy Crockett? Uh, Davy, Davy Crockett, king of the what? He's okay. like a, he was, the, they made a Disney movie about him. He has American a, folk hero, frontiersman, soldier, and politician. Why can't you fight him? I don't know. Maybe in some supplemental he's available, but not in any of the ones I could find. You know, for someone named King of the Wild Frontier, he sure did have a baby face. I'm astounded that you didn't think John Wilkes Booth was the one that was the fake. Because I was like, surely. In a game where the Confederacy wins? He's like, from what I understand, he's like secretly trying to rile up people back in the South as like, a, a, like the, there's a whole plot line with John Wilkes Booth in one of these hilarious in one hilarious. of these books. Uh, amazing. Mm. Anyway, that's been uh, guess the Deadlands creature. Guess the Deadlands creature. Now back to our regular scheduled boneyard. Boneyard. <laughs> um, Annie also has a lynx named Tranquility <laughs> that was given to her by her husband as protection. Um, in full, like, Tiger King situation, she's keeping a wild animal as a pet. Like, its teeth have been filed down, but it could still kill a man. Um, so Annie, when Annie ran away from home, she took this kitten lynx with her and has kind of raised it along with her daughter for the past seven years. Um, we also meet, at the beginning of the book, Nathaniel Blackstone, who is the owner of the circus, um... He hears about this new place in Oregon called The Clearing that is very generous towards traveling entertainment. It's called The Clearing, capital T, capital C. Um, basically, they are, uh, they've had some cancellations on their tour, and so they need to do one more stop or else they're all going to be hungry in the winter. So, uh, you know, Nathaniel is like, okay... So we've all heard some ominous stories about the clearing, but we've also heard some really like nice stories of where circuses or other groups have gone there, done their week, and come back super rich. So I think it's worth the risk. Uh, who's with me? Some members of the circus do leave. They don't want to go. They don't want to fuck around with the clearing because they've heard too many of the bad stories of like people going missing or straight up dying or entire troops just disappearing in the woods. Um, Oregon is kind of the scary, mythical place, I think. Yeah, everyone's real freaked out by Oregon in this book, yeah. which, I mean, I guess it's valid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then others like Annie stay on because either they have no other options or they call the circus home or they really believe in Nathaniel, who is described as this man who's, like, very charismatic, like a born showman sort of situation. Annie also is aware that if she tried to leave the circus, A, she would be more noticeable to her husband's various cronies who may or may not still be looking for her, and B, um, Adeline would probably try to run away from home to go back to the circus because that is the only home she knows, Mm -hmm. and so Annie's like, like, might as well just... Probably should just stay with the circus. Yeah, yeah. So they travel to Oregon. Uh, It takes them a little while to get there longer than it would be normally. Um, and they, they show up there. It's mid autumn. Um, and they meet the mayor of the clearing and the townspeople seem really weird. Like not so much that they're like happy to see the circus, but like they're happy, not happy. They're interested. They're like too invested in new people coming to town and not in a way that's like, Ooh, entertainment. It's more like, Hmm. 
fresh blood. Yeah, um. and they're like, <laughs> the mayor's like, you have to set up outside of town and mm-hmm. nobody can come into town, which looking back on it now, I'm like, oh, they didn't want to get attached. It's like if you buy, like, a rat to feed to a snake, you don't want to, like, name the rat, right? Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think, so the clearing is like, I was having a hard time imagining it. Uh, but from like the descriptions of the book, it's this super heavily wooded area. And then there's this like this bowl that's kind of been scooped out like a valley situation. And they've built this perfect looking little town there. Um, and it just looks so nice. People are so rude there, though. Uh, and, and the mayor is like, hey, uh, you know, winter here starts early. I don't think you should stay. Uh, because you're gonna get snowed in and have to winter here, and Nathaniel is like, "Oh no, it's still mid August, mid, uh, sorry, mid autumn. It'll be fine. Um, we'll stay a week and then we'll leave." And the mayor's like, "As long as we're agreed, then." <laughs> Nathaniel's <laughs> like, "Um, yes." <laughs> the mayor's like, "You wouldn't want to stay here. Of course, you wouldn't want to stay here." <laughs> and Nathaniel's like, "Oh no, we want to stay." And he's like, "Oh, okay. Well, in that case, yeah." Like, <laughs> My reverse psychology worked perfectly. It's like, <laughs> bro, he was going to agree already. <laughs> they came all that way. They're not going to just immediately turn around and leave. Like, you kind of, you had them already. You had them in your clutches. <laughs> you didn't have to be so weird, Mayor. Uh, so they opened the circus. And everyone is, like, super excited. They're making money, yada, yada. Um, but then, like, they, they kind of break for dinner i guess um and annie realizes that her daughter adeline is missing so she's kind of searching all over again remember adeline cannot make any sounds at all incapable of producing sound and um she is like so she can't like if she's in trouble she can't call out and be like come help me mom so Annie learns from some town boys that they kind of goaded Adeline into going into the woods to search for a pine cone that they could kick around, and she <laughs> hasn't come back out yet. <laughs> the, how far into the woods do you have to go to find a pine cone, though, is my question. Adeline. <laughs> I thought you were going to question the boys sending her in but no no they were clearly being dicks like trying to trick her into going in the woods and getting eaten but like alan be smart there's trees everywhere yeah i mean it's see it's oregon also so i feel like that's there's a lot of like pine adjacent trees yeah, up there and he was like there's so many pine trees here i hate it i hate pine trees maybe are there <laughs> hmm, is it possible that pine cones, as they are part of the reproductive cycle of mm-hmm. pine trees, maybe they only grow in the spring or something? I don't know. Like, pine cones are kind of like a winter. Maybe uh, they hadn't grown yet. When are pine cones in season? When are pine cones? <laughs> uh, September through December. So yeah, it was pine cone already. season. It was pine cone season. It was pine cone know. season, girl. I tried to help her. She wasn't using her brain. She wasn't using her brain. Um, So Annie sees no other option but to go into the woods. She doesn't really tell anyone um, that they're going, that she's going into the woods. And the mayor has already warned them, like, if you, if your children go into the woods, there's no use going after them because they'll have disappeared. 
Um, Which is really convenient for the circus because most of their children are circus orphans who they're kind of trying to get rid of but, like, feel guilty. They can't. So, really, this could have worked out for everybody, honestly, <laughs> if they had just planned a little better. <laughs> uh, so Annie goes into the woods. The woods are really strange in Oregon. Like, she gets the sense she is being watched or followed, and the dark just seems much more darker and, and more present, you know? Um, she doesn't know. She doesn't know why. She's getting the heebie-jeebies, but she is. She finds a trail of these white stones, and she's like, oh, I just read the Hansel and Gretel story to Adeline. Maybe these are from her. So she follows this trail of white stones through the woods. Couldn't wood. find a pine cone. Could find a bunch of white stones. <laughs> Found six million white stones. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> it's a horror story. Whatever. <laughs> uh, Annie follows this trail and it leads her to another clearing. And she sees something white in the middle of the clearing. And she's like, oh my gosh, my daughter has like pit uh platinum blonde hair and was wearing a white dress it's probably her she runs up it is the dead body of a young man whose meat has been picked clean from the bones except his head awesome i get how symbolically it makes sense that adeline was wearing a white dress because of the symbolism Mm -hmm. but like you're in a circus girl you're in a child luxury of a white dress you need to to dress that child in something that's not going to acquire bleach like every wash yeah and he says oh shit this is not the this is not what i came to see i gotta go gotta get out of these creepy ass woods um she follows the white stones back to the circus camp there's kind of this this moment where the the trail diverges and she kind of just has to make her best guess about which way to go which i guess she guessed correctly i don't know what would have happened if she didn't yeah i don't think we ever got follow-up on that did we sure well yeah no we didn't maybe that was adeline's (laughs) mother will will follow my white stones and then the spookies were like we'll make another white stones Um, got it (laughs) um and she follows white stones. she eventually gets back to the circus camp um and when she gets back everything is on fire Nathaniel is panicking. He this thought this camp is on fire. These bones are on fire. Boneyard. <laughs> Nathaniel is panicking because uh, it's on fire. Yeah, everything's on fire, and also like sub romantic plot here they they both love each other but don't think that they can afford to love each other because annie's you know first love is her daughter and nathaniel's first love is the circus so is there room in between for them to love each other who's to say probably it was like there was drama with the love story but also in like a very subdued way where they were yeah. both like it wasn't yeah, we're angsty both, yeah we're both cool with this until your kid's older and then maybe we'll start hooking up i don't know yeah it was like, it was kind of like a mature like you know we both realized that it, it might we can't just jump into this we gotta think about it i don't know yeah like, I this is it. not a romantic book i guess is what we're saying yeah yeah <laughs> And Thanos like, I thought I lost you. And she's like, lost me to what? And he's like, oh, wh- where you were in the woods? I, okay, so you missed everything. Here's what happened. Uh, these things came out of the woods and carried off several of our people with them. And they had way too many teeth. It was these like huge, like bear-like figures with too many teeth, but they weren't bears. They were just big like bears. Very scary. 
The fire is a separate scary. incident caused by the townies, maybe. <laughs> we don't know. I assumed, yeah. but, you know, it's, it's horror. horror. Horrible things are happening. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it was the townies just kind of as a way to be like, now you yeah. guys can't leave sort of situation. Because the townies all know what's up. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like, it has been established, or it is later established that these creatures are attracted to light somewhat. So, mm-hmm. like, hey, big light. Look, Here's like, a beacon. Come, come get these dudes. Come mm-hmm. eat them. Uh, so Annie's like, well, I got to go back in the woods to find my daughter. Because I don't, if she's getting eaten, I got to stop that. <laughs> Can't be allowed. Uh, Nathaniel's like, no, don't. And she's like, if this is ever going to work between the two of us, you have to realize my daughter comes first. I'm not going to listen to you. And then another young man named Martin volunteers to join her because his girlfriend was one of the ones that was taken, Sophia. And then the Lynx also joins. The Lynx is like, and me. (laughs) (laughs) You'll have my blunted teeth. (laughs) <laughs> and my paws. <laughs> uh, and the, it's, it's, it's a good thing the lynx comes because it, it can actually follow the scent of Adeline. Which I'm like, why didn't you take her the first time? Annie, Annie, get your lynx. Anything you can smell, it can smell better. It can smell anything better than you. Annie. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) so they're going through the woods uh and you know they heard stories about the monsters and then they run into the monsters just one of them one of the woods monsters and uh they're they're ready for a showdown but tranquility jumps in to fight it and buys them some time and martin's like we gotta go we gotta run she's sacrificing herself and he's like no my cat uh and and the text notes like there's a lot of like, you know, fight sounds between a giant cat and some sort of monster. And then the sounds abruptly stop after one of the creatures screams. But she doesn't know if it was her cat or the or the monster. So she just presumes that Tranquility has died. Because, like, there's no way a small cat could beat a big monster with lots of teeth, right? Which, obviously, the cat will come back. Chekhov's lynx. The cat will return in, <laughs> in, in chapter Boneyard. <laughs> Boneyard. They wander around the woods and then eventually Martin gets his foot caught in a trap. I liked these scenes. Like normally, you know, I don't like pointless wandering in a book, but they had some nice conversations where mm. Annie's like, this is a young man who's like afraid that he's losing his first love and, and is maybe you know, embarrassed by the fact that they are in love for some reason. Um, so she just kind of talks to him about, like, what it means to love another person and yada, yada, yada. And she kind of is like, you know, I'm going to be friends with this young man if we ever get out of here alive. I'm going to invite him into my wagon and have tea. We'll be good friends. I will teach him how to handle all of the monsters, and he will be my new apprentice. He will be my boy. Um, I, I liked, you know, Martin, he sure was earnest. He, he sure wasn't was. maybe not good at anything, but he's sure nope. earnest. <laughs> he's a good boy. Yeah. He's trying his best. <laughs> and I, he's I really just like, rolling. He's rolling a lot of ones that Martin. <laughs> he sure is. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> Martin, maybe also from farm planet. <laughs> That's what I was imagining. That's an inside joke for very yeah. few people who listen. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> <That's one. laughs> um, I also really liked Annie. I thought she was just like, 
you know, very, very focused on being a mother, but not in a way that I felt was like women can only be mothers, you know? Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, she also was in charge of a bunch of monsters, which is pretty she, cool. She was the mother of monsters. Yeah. <laughs> I don't she, know. She, she was a cool, uh, a cool uh, RPG build. She was a cool <laughs> mom. You know, she's not like the other moms. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Martin gets his foot caught in a trap and he's like, ah, he yells really loud because it foot. hurts. And then this guy named Hal is like, the fuck are you doing in my trap? <laughs> he's like this old guy that lives alone in the woods in a cabin. And um, has all of the answers. He has every answer. The The thing about Hal, uh, as he's characterized in the text, is like, he's just a man who has, n- has been silent for so long that the second someone is interested, he will not shut the fuck up. <laughs> That is what is written in the book. Um, So he tells them. He tells them all about these things that are living in the woods around them. Uh, They are the Wendigo. And this is where we need to pause and talk about the thing that is maybe a problem with this book and maybe RPGs in general. Okay. Which is stealing from other people's culture in a way that is not good, really. Um, So the Wendigo is a creature that is originally from Algonquin uh, belief system mm-hmm. um, and has been like co-opted by a lot of western horror because mm-hmm. um, you mentioned uh, uh, Until, Until Dawn, Dawn. Mm-hmm. Um, Pet Cemetery is also Wendigo related oh, I didn't um, and there's there's a few others I think like Hannibal has a whole Wendigo arc or something which that's weird mm. um, if it's cannibalism related yeah I mean yeah uh, but like the mythology part anyway yeah yeah um, no I mean it doesn't fit but they were like cannibal <laughs> yes. cannibal Got it. um so I mean I think this is something that comes up a lot in TTRPG spaces uh and I think this is also a thing that's like a question of scale right because mm-hmm. if you are using a Wendigo in your home game it's like okay well it's still not great I don't think um because, like, multiple people from various Algonquin nations have said, like, hey, we don't like this, and it's weird that you guys do this, and you aren't using this correctly, and it's, like, essentially the meaning of the Wendigo as, like, a mythical figure mm-hmm. is more about, um, like, the need for, which I think to some extent this book does, but the need for, like, community building, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's usually used in Western culture, um, completely divorced from any sort of... It's a very scary situation. Yeah, scary thing. And it's also usually used in this way of, like, you are going into a place that is wild and scary and kind of merges native culture in a way with horror itself, right? Um, So I think that is something to be cognizant of, and I did want to bring it up. Like, obviously, neither of us are native, um, but I don't know if I have an answer of like you should never use this ever in any horror Mm -hmm. but that is kind of where I lean towards because I'm like this is not a like the concept because as we find out the Wendigo in this book is um, which is similar to the Wendigo myth is someone who has partaken in cannibalism and then becomes a Wendigo right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like there are other cannibal myths Mm -hmm. that you could use or you could create one whole cloth. I don't know that it is appropriate to use one that is part of like a culture that 
you are not a part of. And then also, like, especially in this book, there are no Native American characters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know. It did kind of, like, rub me the wrong way, and I did want to bring it up. I don't think it, like, ruins the book, but I think it is worth noting and I'm I t- like yeah. I don't even know if I want to blame Sean and McGuire for it because she's literally looking at like a bestiary from this book and is like oh this is a, a creature that they use they seem scary like I don't know what context she has mm-hmm. this in like this is in the RPG right so it's like it's a little unfortunate and maybe she should have done more research but also I think in general the bigger message is that TTRPGs and TTRPG writers need to stop including stuff from other cultures that are not their own without dialogue with that culture at the very least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Off <Yeah>. my soapbox. <laughs> no, that's true. Like that's uh, probably something that slips through more often than we take note of it. So, mm-hmm. well, that's and a good I mean, thing to bring up. if you think about like, the sort of animal or like the sort of creatures that get used in TTRPGs, like a Hydra, right? It's like, mm-hmm. okay, but a Hydra doesn't have a like connection to the culture in a way that says something that is like saying something about the culture's values, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a scary monster. And also there are no Attic Greeks still around. There are still people from the Cree nation still around like mm-hmm. it, it's just it's just stop doing it <laughs> yes yes there you go it's fantasy you can make up anything just make something else just make up. anything up make up a different scary cannibal monster yeah you didn't need to do you didn't need to you didn't need to drag this one into it I don't know yeah you could have just made them people we all know scariest monsters man yeah all men well and that's the other thing is that like most descriptions in myths of the wendigo they pretty much are just people like yeah they look like people so like the super giant like hairy scary yeti creature is like i don't know where that came from (laughs) um Back to our regularly scheduled boneyard. <laughs> yeah, sorry for being a downer, but I just felt like it needed to be... It should be said. It should be stated. Talked about a little bit. Yes. I think, you know, we you've always especially been a big proponent of, you know, talking, enjoying a piece of media, but talking about its problematic parts as yeah. well. So there you go. You can talk about it. And I think this is also an ongoing thing in TTRPG Yeah, spaces. it's not solely this work. Yes. Yeah. I think this is just emblematic em- emblematic of that. It just had the misprivilege of being read by us. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so Hal tells the story about how the clearing is a town that draws you in and you think it's going to be like this really wonderful, nice place to live. And for a while it is. But then every few years you'll have like a winter that is so bad and people are really struggling. They just didn't have enough in their supplies. They couldn't. Uh, they're really like doing things like boiling leather and eating napkins that sort of situation um and sometimes people would resort to consuming human flesh and um he talks about how this has happened in the clearing and uh, once people do consume flesh they become the wendigo his wife and daughter had 
done this. Like he, he was like, I'm going to go out hunting and find food for us. But then he got injured and couldn't make it back right away. And by the time he got back, his wife and daughter had already, um, become Wendigo, I guess. My assumption was that eating human flesh was like a one-time thing, mm-hmm. but like I thought it happened once and that's where all the Wendigo came from, mm. but I could be wrong. I think, I think it's cause, cause his wife and daughter are still like Wendigo walking around. Right. Right. That's what I'm uh, saying that it like, yeah, they just happened, ate once like, and then they yeah, became, yeah. yeah. But I'm saying like, I don't think it was like the town every few years were like, Oh, more Wendigo. I thought it was just like a stable population of Wendigo that had happened the one time. And now they're just sacrificing people to the Wendigo. Could be both. <laughs> <laughs> Book. I don't know. Yeah. I kind of got the impression that they're, they're feeding them and they're also people are creating Wendigo as well. I don't know. We're confused. <laughs> if someone else has read this, please tell us. Um, <laughs> I think this is something like the Wendigo have probably lived here for a long time and maybe something about being in the proximity of them or being in Oregon and these woods specifically. I don't well, know. Well, I think there is, okay. So there is a thing in Deadlands uh-huh. that is like the reckoning or like reckoners okay. where they try to like, it's this group that goes and like, uh, which is in itself weirdly like, derivative from native american stereotypes and stuff like that because they're led by a shaman and anyway Mm -hmm. they try to create um like fear levels that are high enough that they can like alter the environment to make it like creepy and scary and make monsters show up Mm -hmm. so i think that's implied to be what has happened here is that like this sort of vibe of like the town has become so afraid because of the like inability to get food mm-hmm. that that has created this reckoning environment where they then can become these monsters because of the okay. fear right because that's like a big thing in deadlands is like fear levels right yes um yes as we've come to realize yes so i think that that's <laughs> like if the 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 beginning of the windigo in this instance were at some point with this town becoming so afraid because of the possibility of dying that then mm-hmm then they, you know, partook in this taboo and that allowed them to become Wendigo because the fear mm-hmm. levels were high enough, basically. Gotcha. That, yeah. Think. Let's go with that. That's what <laughs> happened here. In but story. then I'm not sure if, like, they continued to to repeat this process multiple times or not. And personally, yeah. if I was in a town where that occasionally, like, you know, he's like, oh, you know, there's a few good years and then every so often it'll be a bad year. I'm like... One bad year of how people, leave. my neighbors were joining cannibalism. I'd dip. I don't care. Like, I'd yeah. leave. I'd be done. <laughs> what are we? No. No. Which is, like, it's this I'm, weird yeah. thing. Because there, there's kind of this repeated motif throughout the book of, like, the mayor and the town in general being willing to fuck others over in order to, like, gain something. Right? Mm-hmm. And this is seen also with, like, um, eventually... Uh, uh, her husband and contrasting with the circus folk who are all willing to put everybody else first in order Mm -hmm. to help, you know, like that sort of thing. Um, And then it's like repeated with the various monsters that just hunger and hunger and hunger. Right. Yes. So, I mean, like you have this motif going through, but then I'm like, I don't get what the mayor is getting out of this. Yeah. Is he just like, so how says he's like already part Wendigo himself, but like not, 
Like it's in his heart. It's in his heart. (laughs) Yeah, he's one in his heart. Um, Whatever that means. And he um, is just doing this for shits and giggles, maybe. I don't know. Like the Wendigo immediately turned on him. Right. And he has this whole thing of like, oh, his son is fat and that children should be fat. And they, you know, it shows that his but son had enough to eat. all children should be fat, not just right. the one. Yeah. And it's like, okay, but like also you could probably accomplish that by just going back east and not yeah, sacrificing people to a Wendigo, it seems like. Yeah. It didn't seem like he was getting like immense you know i was like is yeah he- there's no riches to be had here right it's just kind of it's just maybe, kind of and maybe that's town. enough for some people i guess just to be in charge of their one little area and play you God know there. that's i don't know that's really the dream is to just uh have enough power to ritualistically feed people <laughs> like to a wendigo 50 and- to 100 people <laughs> um so they treat martin's wound but he can't walk around it hurts too bad uh so hal and annie go off to find annie's daughter uh, and leave Martin in the cabin. Oh my God, I still have like two full pages of notes. Okay, so let's sorry. Boogie. Got a boogie. No, 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 you're good. Um, so Hal and Annie go out into the woods, and Hal takes Annie to this other ghost town when he's and he's like, "This is the old the clearing." Um, and he talks about how the mayor one year like fucked up and let the Wendigo take too many people to eat, and then there was no one left behind, so he just packed up and went to another clearing and built a new the clearing. Why did people? Why, why did, did people the, go with why him? Why did the new people show up? Yeah. Wild. Um, there's a church here and a graveyard, and I, the church, I guess, is kind of important because uh, there was a uh, priest who thought he could communicate with the Wendigo and still bring them some sort of salvation. And the Wendigo kind of seemed to humor him, but he doesn't know. Like Hal's like the the priest stayed behind when everyone moved to the new clearing because he was afraid that the wendigo could not find him in the new place and then they never saw this guy again so they don't know if the wendigo were like mm, now we're going to eat him or if he's hanging out with them still like no one's ever seen him okay i thought they found his bones there and they're like maybe he got eaten before he died maybe he got eaten or like maybe he got eaten by the wendigo and died of natural causes or maybe not. Like, it was unclear if the Wendigo had killed him or if he had just expired. That could be. There I don't know. Lots of bones there the were a lot of bones. Yard. Just not really in the actual bone yard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, he also was like, hey, surprise, if your daughter is dead, she'll be here because the Wendigo like to make a mockery of children's bodies and, like, lay them to rest after they devour their meat. Uh, and, and he's like, okay, fuck you for not telling me that sooner so I could have mentally prepared. Um, but they don't find Adeline there. So that's good. That means she's still alive. So Annie says, okay, take me to the mountain where the Wendigo live, because that's my next stop. And I was like, you are. Take me down to the Wendigo city where the grass is green and the girls are eaten. I love that. Good song. Meanwhile, uh, Martin feels like he can't really trust Hal alone with Annie. He's like, he he's kind of like, okay, was this guy doing the whole villain monologue and telling us too much before he feeds us to the Wendigo? Or is he really just like this lonely man who doesn't talk to anybody in years? Translation, the narrative needs Hal to be out of this cabin. And Martin, so yeah. Hal, or Martin to be out of this cabin. And so Martin leaves the cabin. Martin leaves the cabin and he's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be big, big, brave Martin, save the day. And it is immediately stopped by a pack of wolf, wolf creatures. Wolflings. Called wolflings. Yes. They so are like, like 
Wolves with hands. Wolves with people hands. <laughs> Big wolves with people hands. Yep. I saw the picture Terrifying. of this in the, the Deadlands core rulebook, and it makes a lot more sense in that, like the drawing. Because yeah. like, the way it was described here, it seemed like it was just wolves walking around on people hands, right? Uh-huh. But it's, it's like they're kind of like werewolf shaped, right? Yeah, like, they're like bipedal. Yeah. So it's like not so weird that they have people hands. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to see, do they have the illustrations? I think they did have an illustration of them. Yeah. In the illustration in the book, it's definitely more of like a four legged situation. Yeah. With which like is just wild. weird <laughs> hands, which wild stuff. The illustrations uh, are cool in this book, though. Yeah, I really, I I was not expecting that. That was a nice addition. Um, Martin is like, well, these wolves aren't actively trying to kill me. And it seems like they're trying to lead me somewhere. And I don't want to die. So I guess I'll follow them and see what happens and try to escape if I can. They lead him to this little den. And who is there waiting but little Adeline being all friendly with the wolflings. Cool. Yay. Cool. Uh, back to Hal and Annie, they get to the Wendigo Mountain in time to see them all clear out. Uh, the last one out is Hal's daughter, and he's like, wow, that fucking sucks. <laughs> Hadn't seen her in a while. They've been avoiding me, I think. Um, they <laughs> you never call, you never write. I know. <laughs> <laughs> never think of your dear old dad. They enter the mountain, and they have to be very quiet because the mountain is built in a way to amplify any sounds that are inside. Well, built, I guess, like, uh, has just is grown to be this way. And <laughs> Hal is like, away. it's okay. We'll definitely hear your daughter if she's in there. So since we can't hear anything, it means she's not in there because she definitely would be crying. And she's like, you stupid man. My daughter can't cry. <laughs> My daughter has no vocal cords. <laughs> you, you buffoon. <laughs> and then he just stares at her. He's like, oh, <laughs> and she's like, please though, please, please take me into this, this uh, chamber of disgusting death and bones and everything. Please take me in there. And he's like, take well, me to the gut chamber. Yeah. He's like, I guess, I guess so. They cool, go let's in. Let's do it. They find a bunch of dead bodies. They also find Sophia, Martin's girlfriend, who's Yay. being held captive. Her foot is like lodged between two very heavy rocks. And they free her, but Sophia makes so much noise. And one of the Wendigo comes back. It's it's Hal's daughter. So Annie fights her off, and, and she wins the fight by forcing the Wendigo to swallow a lantern. Because if the Wendigo swallow tallow, which is what the lantern is using as fuel, it kills them. Which is a thing from the Deadlands RPG. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Except apparently it was misspelled as tarot, T-A-R-R-O-W, oh. and everyone was very confused about it for a while. Oh. Wow. So Here we go. T-A-L-L-O-W, here in print. Yeah. Uh, and, and Hal is actually grateful. He's like, my daughter is at peace, and that's thanks to you. So now I just got to wait, stick around, and kill my wife. Well, we'll be all good. You know, it's good to have goals. Yeah. Uh, So Annie and Hal take Sophia, or try to take Sophia, back to Hal's cabin to be reunited with Martin and come up with a game plan. But before they can do that, they're also intercepted by the wolflings. Um, Annie seems to understand that they're not murderous, so she's like, let's just fucking follow them. Y'all chill. Uh, Annie is so good with monsters. Annie knows monsters very intimately, because as we'll find out, some may consider her daughter a monster. Uh, yeah yeah sure yeah um, that's a cool way to talk about it 
Yeah, there was a lot. I mean, let's... And again, like, the, that probably wasn't the intention, but uh-huh. it, was, it felt very responsible to just throw that around. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you kind of... The scene in which she gives birth and, like, what was actually wrong with her dog yes. at first. I was like, hmm, this isn't a great look. <laughs> yeah. Because essentially... Sorry to, you know, jump into it. Doing the reveal. No, let's wait. It's going to be in one second. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So they're reunited with Adeline and Martin. Everyone cheers. Um, Adeline can converse with the wolflings because they have their human hands. They They can use signs. And she's become friends with the wolves. And then Annie tells Martin the history of her pregnancy and why Adeline might be considered a monster by some. Go ahead and tell us all. Uh, she couldn't get pregnant. Her husband was Mormon. They don't say the word Mormon in this, but they're Mormon. Um, mm-hmm. They, uh, he's also a scientist, and he works for like one of the big bads in the Deadlands RPG. And um, he is like, I must provide an heir to prove that science is really cool and good. And so he does science experiments on his wife, resulting in her giving birth to, oh, shock and horror, a conjoined twin. <laughs> Oh, no. Guys. <laughs> Guys. <laughs> Guys. Come on now. Yeah. There's other stuff that is monstrous about her, specifically that she has the ghost rock in her veins, it seems. So, like, yes. there's, like, an implication that she there like she's a construct, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, maybe don't lead with the conjoined twin. As, <laughs> as, the, as, as That's monster, why she's monstrous. Guys. Yes. Guys. Um, anyway, so then the dad split him up and... Annie assumed that the daughter, the other daughter died, but we know because we've been getting little side stories with the dad back in Deseret mm-hmm. that um, he's still been taking care of the daughter and wants to track down his wife and other daughter so that he can use Adeline for parts. Why he would yes. make Adeline be the secondary one when the other one is seems to be like missing a lot more parts? Yeah, I'm like, why would you want to work on like? Okay, no, that sounds really. <laughs> that sounds really. Cute. It's crap. messed up. Like, it's the, messed up. Your one daughter doesn't have a heart, and your other one has seemingly everything. Right. Uh, so and Annie was like, well, it was kind of like his way of showing his mastery over science was creating this perfect daughter from nothing, essentially, because it started with his weird science experiments. I just, the math doesn't work on that, because you start and you have one and a half functioning daughters, and then you end up with one functioning daughter either way. So it's like, just be, just create less work for yourself. Work, you're you're making smarter, not harder. Right. (laughs) Uh, The whole situation, it was like, it's very, uh, just terrifying dr murphy is terrifying to me but also he's like kind of a goober right a little bit yeah (laughs) he's a little bit of a goober but he's a scary one i mean he's a lackey to like the bigger dr hellstrom which i'm assuming is probably a big bad in in deadlands um okay everyone's back together now and they decide it's time to finally head home time to go back to the circus they show back up to the clearing and they kind of walk in on this confrontation between the mayor and the, and the circus folk. And the mayor is like, it's all your fault, circus folk, for, for this Wendigo attack. You brought them here. You you, you attracted your them. Witches. And now look at what's happened. And he was like, shut the fuck up. I know the truth. 
you're an asshole. You you purposefully set us up to feed the Wendigo. Also, only circus people were taken. So, like, why the fuck would we? This is a bad plan on our behalf if that was our plan. I saw your secret bad city that you left behind. And the mayor is like, no one is supposed to know about that. And I'm like, again, <laughs> how did, how did... The new city start because I assumed at least some people some made people it from had the to old go. city. Like, yeah, I guess not. Guess not. Guess it was just the mayor and his just the mayor and his his fat child. His fat child. <laughs> the only descriptor we get for that child in this book. Uh, the mayor is really just defeated by a woman speaking back to him. So Annie just waltzes into the the circus. Nathaniel is there. The two of them kiss. Um, they, I guess they decide to have a go at it now that both of them have risked their lives multiple times. Um, then Annie gives Adeline her medicine cause it's been a while and she's having trouble breathing and stuff. And that knocks her out. She's sleeping. Great. We get a moment, one moment of calm and then gunshots and screams. Cause guess who's shown up? It's Annie's husband, Dr. Murphy. Um, so yeah, we've had these like these flashback chapters or interlude chapters throughout the book, uh, where where we see Doctor Murphy's plan. So essentially, like this mercenary showed up and was like, "I found your pearl," because Adeline's original name was Pearl, and Annie's original name was Grace Murphy, um, and so he's like, "All right, gotta go, gotta, gotta go, go get fast. them back, gotta get my property back." Cause I'm a gross man. And uh, he takes Annabelle, the other daughter, with, even though she's confined to her bed, she literally can't, like, do anything because her heart is clockwork. And um, he sets her up in this, like, really complex hospital bed on wheels, essentially, and takes her with. And and, uh, and, he, and he has a bunch of hired muscle that he's brought with him who are working for Dr. Hellstrom because there's also kind of, like, Dr. Hellstrom doesn't really trust Dr. Murphy and maybe Dr. Murphy isn't that great of a scientist as he thinks he is. And Dr. Hellstrom is kind of concerned that maybe Dr. Murphy will try and run away and and escape Dr. Hellstrom and blah, 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 blah. Cool. Annie leaves her daughter in the care of Sophia and Sophia's aunt, who's only here for a few minutes, guys. Don't worry. Blink of an eye. (laughs) gone and too she, soon poor one out <laughs> she goes to set a trap for because because annie also is very smart so smart she knows that like the only reason so dr murphy is like shouting into a megaphone that's like grace murphy come out here where are you we, i need my property well you grace murphy i will not speak the name that you use that's someone it's bring, icky if someone bring me grace murphy it's what do you mean worth- you don't know who i'm talking about <laughs> I know you don't, but she knows. Bring her out. And I'll kill you all if you don't give her to me. <laughs> and Annie's like, just, hmm, he's not a loud man. Like, he's, <laughs> he's very obviously doing a distraction. So that must mean there's some people sneaking into the camp to find I'm just us. imagining all the other circus folk, like, looking into them and going, are you Are you, are Grace, you Grace Murphy? Murphy? I don't think so. <laughs> I've changed names a few times, but... <laughs> I'm literally a child. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, sure I'm a circus orphan. Uh. <laughs> so, and this part to me, like this felt, this whole scene was like, oh yeah, this is definitely like some sort of shenanigans that you could get up to at the table with some mm-hmm. really like nicely, nice roles. 
But she goes into her scary oddities cart and she basically turns it into a death trap for anyone to walk in with all of these animals. Like she puts a bucket of piranhas over the door. You know that classic gag, the classic gag where you put a bucket full of water over the door and whoever opens it gets dunked. You know, the classic gag where you put a bucket full of piranhas over the door and whoever, whoever opens, opens the door it, their face gets eaten to death. Yeah, classic. classic. Uh, there's, We've there's all like done it. There's a super wasp that she has where it's like one sting will kill a man. Uh, she's got the flesh-eating tarantula. So she sets up this trap and two guys walk in and die. And she's just like calmly sitting in the corner and she's like, I know if I move, that wasp is going to fucking kill me. So I have to sit so still. <laughs> and I think the last thing she lets uh, go is the scarecrow that in this is called a corn stalker. Yes. And the corn stalker is released to its, which I think is also the first kind of thing. Like it's done in an interesting way, the way that they introduce these oddities, because it does feel like at first it's like, oh, these are like piranhas i know what that is like oh a a big wasp okay it's probably just like a big wasp and then she there's like a blood worm or a blood ribbon or something Uh and you're like i don't really know what that is and then she's like oh and then there's like this little mimic made of like plant matter that has a pumpkin head (laughs) that has a pumpkin and you're like oh no these are all fantasy things yeah (laughs) i see now oh these aren't real (laughs) (laughs) my bad i thought we were having a fun time with like some rattlesnakes (laughs) i thought this was a fucking circus you literally could have died at any moment okay (laughs) um yeah the corn stalker at the end she like lets him out and she's like be free and eat the men it's your prize you win (laughs) corn stalker and he's like yes thank you mother she sneaks nom, out. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> she sneaks out of this wagon and she hears Sophia scream. So she's like, "Oh fuck, I'll go over there." Um, Sophia screamed because her aunt is dead. Another one of Doctor Murphy's women, who's actually Doctor Hellstrom's woman, but whatever, named Laura. She snuck in to the cart and shot Sophia's aunt straight through the head. Uh, Adeline is laying there sleeping. Sophia screaming. Also, the woman who shot Sophia's aunt is screaming because she's being attacked by, guess what? Tranquility <gasps> the Lynx has come nice. back. There it Good is. Job. Third act Lynx. Knew it was coming. Knew it was coming. Knew we she had comes to do it back to, to protect her mom and her mom's baby and then dies from her injuries she sustained from the Wendigo. But it wasn't a Wendigo because she's like, it was... Uh, oh, was it one of the wolf things? No, it was something else. She says oh. that it was like the scratches were too big to be a Wendigo. So oh. there's like some third scary Damn. thing out in the woods. Fuck those woods. Please right, move. Those woods Please suck. leave this place. <laughs> <laughs> um, Annie, at this point, is like, I, you know what? I'm going to do a ruse maybe. I'll just go give myself to Dr. Murphy and then somehow he'll end up dead. That's the, that's the extent of her plans. She's like, you believe me, Nathaniel, when I come back, I'll be a widow and maybe you can make an honest woman out of me. I was like, that's kind of a cool parting line. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So she goes up to Dr. Murphy and he's like, ah, where's my daughter? And she's like, I don't know. He's like, well, no matter. I'm going to introduce you to the other daughter. And she's he like, shoves wait, she's her still in- alive? <laughs> At this point, barely. <laughs> shoves her into Annabelle's bed. And Annabelle's like, I hate you, Mom, for taking my sister away from me and abandoning me. Also, guess what? I'm still alive, bitch. And Annie's like, well, nice to meet you. And also, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> because at that moment, an, a Wendigo attacks 
and kills Dr. Murphy. And then suddenly all the Wendigo and wolflings are attacking the clearing. Uh, they're just eating people willy-nilly. Doesn't matter if they're a townie or a circus. There's a line I think about, like, oh, the Wendigo and the wolflings had, like, a balance and you disrupted it. Yeah. So that's why they're attacking, I guess. And maybe she knew that that would happen, but kind of seems like she did There's didn't. no way she could have. She did, Yeah, it seems like a big <laughs> stretch. This was deus ex Wendigo, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. So the Wendigo eat all of uh, Dr. Michael's folks, and Dark, the wolflings yeah. eat all of the townies. And the circus mm-hmm. is going to get eaten, but then um, Adeline's like, no, not my family. And then all the monsters leave because all of the monsters listen to Adeline. And it turns out that that's why all the monsters came to Annie in the first place was because of Adeline because she has ghost rock in her veins or whatever. So that's cool. That's neat. Yeah. And yeah, that's the end. Every town person, the clearing is dead and the circus folk are rebuilding and planning on getting out as soon as possible. The end. This was a nonstop action sort of book. It sure was. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's it yeah. for this one. That's it that's for this, it for unit. this unit. Yeah. We did it. Uh, so what's up next? What next is up next week? Um, Warrior Cats come Warriors. out today. <laughs> uh, next week, <laughs> uh, we will be starting the new arc of Warrior Cats with Warriors... The New Prophecy, Midnight, by Aaron Hunter. And then the week after that, we are starting a new unit. Mm-hmm. We're doing cozy mysteries. <laughs> I'm sorry? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. I feel so betrayed right now. <laughs> Hold on. Because it's your unit. <laughs> it is your unit that is supposed to be a thing outside of your comfort zone. Oh, man. I want to do cozies. Um, (laughs) uh, all right. So this is a genre. It seems like I would like, but I really, I really don't like thrillers. I really don't. Hmm. And I wanted to make it more specific than that. I didn't want to just read thrillers. So I really, I, I did some meditation. I looked Mm -hmm. really deep inside myself to find out which thrillers I like the least. Um, so we're going to be doing domestic thrillers specifically. And we're going to be starting with the first book in our unit is a book that I liked a lot when it first came out, but then thinking about it, I was like, actually, there's a lot going on with this that I don't like. So I'm kind of like torturing myself, I think, by rereading it. It's not definitely not going to hold up. It's not going to be good. Um, we're going to read Gone Girl. How could you do this to me? See, I, I, I knew it was going to get you either way. How it's could get you, you do this way. to me? Fine, fine. Gonna read Gone Girl by Gillian Flynn. It's so long, though. I don't want to. It's 415 pages. Um, I've never read Gone Girl. I don't know what happens in Gone Girl. I wanted to remain a Gone Girl virgin my entire life, but alas. Alas. Uh, I read this book in... When did it come out? 2012? When did I read it? I read it in 2013. So been a while it's been a while well, that'll uh, be I, interesting yeah and i gave it five stars when i read it but then seeing the movie and then like learning more about myself as a reader i was like did i really like it or was i just like into the hype for it you know hmm. 
because I read others of her books and I was like this is not this is not my thing (laughs) (laughs) so well cool that'll be in uh, two weeks from now yay domestic thrillers not cozy mysteries basically just (laughs) synonyms for the two things (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'll get you someday yeah maybe in the meantime, if you have any books or units you'd like for us to read on the podcast, you can tweet at us at ShelfAwareCast or email us ShelfAwareCast at gmail.com. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. We are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should. Otherwise, I'm going to put a bucket full of piranhas uh, in, in the door you're about to walk through right now. Perfect. And you're going to get your face eaten. Sorry. If you use Apple Podcasts or Spotify, we'd very much appreciate a five-star review. But if you don't, that's all right, because you are allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you like. In the words of Sean and McGuire, if there's anything I've learned in these last 15 years, it's that God doesn't give a damn about Oregon. Rip Oregon. <laughs> Boneyard. Boneyard. <laughs> <laughs>